So our sermon series is called Jesus in His Own Words. And we're going to go to John chapter 6 this week. If you'll open your Bible to John chapter 6. And when I was preparing this sermon series, I just thought about how Jesus says He's the bread of life and how appropriate that would be on Holy Week to talk about Jesus, the bread of life, because on Holy Thursday, we typically celebrate Holy Communion because we remember the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples and how he broke the bread and told them, this is my body, which is broken for you. So that's in the background as we look at John chapter 6 thinking about Jesus being the bread of life. And let me just read this one verse, verse 35 to you. In the Pew Bible, it's on page 1658. Chapter 6, verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Okay, there we go. So in summary for um, John chapter 6 and what we're going to look at today, Jesus in his own words, he tells us the answer to life. My gosh, everybody wants to know the answer to life. And Jesus tells us. We're not spiritually satisfied unless we know Jesus. Deep inside We are dead without Jesus. Jesus tells us He is the bread of life. On Him, He says, God the Father has placed His seal of approval. So if we put this verse 35 into context, let's go back to verse 27, the second half. It talks about the seal of approval. The Father has set His seal on Jesus. In other words, God the Father sent Jesus into the world. He ordained for Jesus to live a spotless life without sin. He sent His Son to the cross to die for our sins. God the Father raised Jesus from the dead and He vindicated that perfect work of substitution and redemption. He raised Jesus then to ascend into heaven and to sit at the right hand of God the Father. And we're promised that God the Father will send His Son again 
in that great redemptive work by which our sins are covered and we are clothed in Christ's righteousness, God the Father sealed His Son as the Son of Man and the only qualified mediator who can give eternal life. The Son of Man, Jesus, the One who saves, Christ, the Anointed One, gives eternal life because... The Father said that it is so. This is my Son, Jesus, and He accomplished redemption of the world just perfectly. If you look forward then a little bit to verses 32 and 33, Jesus compares Himself. He compares Himself to manna. Manna from heaven to give life to the world. We looked at that last week, didn't we? How Jesus compared himself to Moses' time. And here it is again. And then in verse 35, he basically summarizes what life is, our soul life. And Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never thirst. So I got a question for you today. How is your soul? So we're going to get right to the point today. This is where you participate. You need to answer this question for yourself. I see people starting to squirm in their seats. What's he mean participate? Well, let me tell you, your participation is between you And God, how is your soul? How goes it with your soul? Deep inside each and every person is a soul that God created in His image. How is your inner life? I seriously want you to think about it. Take a moment and think about your spiritual health, your inner peace, your connection with God, your love, and your devotion to Jesus. Rate yourself right now between 1 and 10. 10 is excellent and it couldn't get any better. 1 is really poor and you wonder if there's a way out. Think about what your number is right now. Between 1 and 10. Okay, now that you've got your rating, don't change it. Ask yourself, why is it? Why is it? Why do I have this rating? What is it in my life that is helping me or what is impeding me? Now, I also want you to think about and ask God that same question. God, why is this? Why do I have this rating right now, today, in my soul? God, what is it in my life that is helping me or that is impeding me? So, take a moment right now and ask Him those questions. Silently consider these things.
Lord, show us this morning how we can find life, nourishment, health, and food for our souls. May your Holy Spirit teach us and feed us with the bread of life. Amen. When Pamela and I drove into town about 12 weeks ago, we sensed a heavy burden. A heavy burden upon some of the folks right here. There were some that were alive and springing with energy and had a passion deep down inside. They were experiencing the, the moving of the Spirit during this season of the church's life, yet there was still that concern that measured the energy and the peace in their souls. Perhaps the ministry area around Dunphy had an aura of spiritual depression. Do you have a hunger? Today I sense a hunger. I sense a hunger for something yet unknown by some, and for some it's a hunger for that spiritual life. Something that Some people have not yet experienced, but some have. Some have experienced that vitality right here at Dunphy Missionary Church that brought the church through the good times, the good times of the past. This week I spent a lot of time looking at historical records, and I can tell you there were some good times of the past when the old church building sat right across the road right over there it was a smaller building than this and they were busting at the seams is what they said they felt like they had over 150 people every Sunday in that building and then they built this building and and it grew from there may God's favor shine down upon us during this season of our life, during this pastoral transition time. May his favor be upon the future of Dunphy Missionary Church to make a real difference in our community, a soul-level difference with people that we come in contact with. Not just those gathered here today, but those being added to God's kingdom daily. God knows who they are. Pray for them. He'll bring them tomorrow. He'll bring them in the future. To take John chapter 6, verse 35 in full context, we need to really go back to the beginning of John chapter 6. And when you go back to the beginning of that chapter, you find Jesus with a great crowd around him, 5,000 people, And his disciples were nervous. They were uneasy. They said, what are we going to do with all these people? And Jesus said, we're going to feed them. We don't have a grocery store around here. But we have this boy 
that has five loaves of bread and two fish. So we're going to feed these 5,000. And Jesus prayed over that food. And they passed out the bread and the fish. And we read that the people ate until they were satisfied. And then Jesus told the 12 disciples, each one of them, grab a basket and go around now. We don't want any of that bread to go to waste. You know, there were only five loaves, right? And so they went and gathered up the leftovers, and each one of them came back with a full basket of bread. Twelve baskets left over. The people saw a great miracle that day with Jesus. But Jesus heard that they were trying to make him king. And so he left. He took off across the lake. I guess he was just walking. If you continue to read, you'll find out that there was a great storm and the disciples were in the boat and they were worried. We're going to learn a little bit more about that on April 18th. We're going to get deeper into that storm on the water and Jesus walking on the water and calming it. But they went over to the other side of the lake. In verse 26, we find the next day the people were looking for Jesus. Where did he go? And they found out that he was on the other side of the lake and they got in the boats and went over there. And as Jesus saw the people coming, this time he was not excited. In fact, we learned that he was disappointed. They were seeking him to be their king. To fill their worldly desires, to fill their hungry stomachs that they had just experienced the day before. They wanted Jesus to fill their hunger for more stuff. In verse 27, Jesus wanted to feed their soul, we've learned. He wanted their soul to live, to have eternal life. Jesus, in a sense, was asking them, how is your soul? How goes it with your soul, is what he said to the crowds. How is your inner self? He said, the Son of Man will give you eternal life. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. I want your soul. What must we do, the people asked, in verse 28. Basically, they were saying, what is the answer to life? You know, I graduated in 1979, and we had some corny thoughts and some corny movies, and one of them was called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Douglas Adams. He put together a corny movie. But what happened was the travelers through the galaxy came before the great computer that was made eons and eons ago and had been computing all this time to come up with the answer of life. If you can just imagine what it was like in the 70s and the people were all gathering around, they were having a big party. It was like 5,000 people coming around this great computer. They were going to finally get the answer and the computer said, really? You really want it? 
Yes, we want it. They were cheering him on. And finally the computer said, 42. Oh, the people just look, what do you mean? 42. And he said, well, the answer is 42. He said, you know, the real problem is you don't know what the ultimate question is. Sounds like verse 28 to me. The ultimate question that I hear frequently, we want that. What must we do to do the works of God? What does He require for us to have life? The people asked Jesus, can we see some signs? Show us a miraculous sign. We see that in verse 30. Oftentimes people are seeking after the dramatic, the sensational, the buzz of the day. The people with Jesus were restless. They they seeked Him there. They, They were seeking Him here and there and everywhere. And in verse 34, even when Jesus was standing right in front of them, they wanted the latest bread that Jesus was talking about. They thought if they were first, if they were best, if they had the latest ministry fad, the newest technology, they would have it made. Jesus kept talking to them about this bread, this bread of life. We learn in verse 43 that the people started grumbling about amongst themselves. The next thing you know, in verse 53 and following, the people got upset about theology, the study of God. It seems that no one was getting along anymore and they started losing their passion for ministry. Their souls have gone hungry. And then they started to leave. Through it all, they were constantly hungry. Hungry for something. Their souls were not healthy. You know, maybe some of these symptoms are the same symptoms we experience. The same thing today. The same thing over the years within the church. It's understandable, is it not? When your soul is hungry, you start looking. You start looking in all the places that you believe can satisfy your soul. Find food for your soul. Are you hungry? What are you hungry for? Let's just take a moment to look at what they were hungry for. Maybe we can learn something from the people of the Bible. Earlier in chapter 6, the people got their bellies filled. They liked that. Then they tried to make Jesus king. They just saw a miracle of food and they, they saw this guy. That if they could make king, they would never go hungry again. Jesus sees what's about to happen, so he exposes the idea to them. He exposes what they're really searching for once they got over to the other side of the lake. What many people are even searching for today 
instant gratification of what you want from our worldly perspective. Jesus is not being unkind in exposing this. He needs to expose it. They, we, can only have a true understanding of what does satisfy our souls if we let go of those false ideas that the world keeps teaching us. What is making you hungry? Jesus says, you people are looking for physical bread. You do not even know your soul is dead. Or at best, starving. Only you understand the physical hunger of your stomach. The people were following Jesus because they could feel that physical hunger. Their political hunger. We want a king that can take care of us. They were trying to manage their lives the best way that they knew how to do. When we try to control our lives, our souls begin to die. Our souls become hungry. And they begin to wither up. In the process of trying to make things happen, we lose a part of ourselves, if we're honest. Our spiritual life begins to dry up. I've seen all kinds of things that people starve for. Pride. Strained relationships with God. Fallen spirits picking on you. Jobs. What's starving your soul? Work? Distractions? Maybe fixing up the house or building a bigger, nicer house? Newer cars? Faster cars? What's starving your soul? Is it seeking money? Or maybe even coming into money? Sexual partners? Your latest love? What is starving your soul? Perhaps it's church without a vision. Church without a passion. Maybe it's church work doing what you think needs to be done, but you're not gifted in doing it. God didn't really call you to do it. Perhaps it's church management. Managing programs and operations because the church just can't survive without you, right? Seriously. Over all the years in my ministry, people have come to me describing the next new thing that has entered into their life. They've got this idea and they just want me to know that they're going to devote themselves to this new Next new thing, for just the next little while, perhaps, Pastor, you just won't see me around for a little while. All I can do is smile and encourage and redirect and pray. 
Oh, Lord, don't let this next new thing distract them from you and destroy their soul. 1 Peter 2.11 says, Abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. And Jesus, in his own words, said this in Matthew 16 and also in Mark 8, it's written, What does it profit someone if they gain the whole world yet lose their soul? What are you hungry for? What does it mean to you when Jesus says, I am the bread of life? Does it make you think of your stomach and you want to be satisfied eternally with this physical desire that you just won't be hungry anymore in your stomach? Or is it the bread of life? Jesus, who in his own words can give spiritual life to your soul. Feed the deep longings in your life. Come to me, Jesus says. You will never go hungry and you will never be thirsty. Hmm. If you seek bread from the wrong places in life, if you go down some bypass in your journey of life, Jesus, our Savior, will lovingly point it out to you, just like he did those 5,000. You're going to have this disquiet feeling in your soul. Some of you might have felt that this morning when I asked that question. You will experience a spiritual hunger that pangs in your soul. There will be a quenching of the spirit in your soul. The fire becomes doused, but not totally extinguished, but enough. Stop seeking these other things first. If God is making these wrong things known to you this morning, then dispose of them. Get rid of them. Put them further down on your list of priorities. Maybe just throw them out with the trash, those things that are destroying your soul. When Jesus gives us this good life to live, but we have our own ideas on how our life should go, how things should actually come easy to us because, you know, Jesus can do anything. We just saw him feed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. But when those things don't come to us, we feel that maybe Jesus is walking away. In fact, he may be putting some distance between us and him. We become just like that crowd. He fed with five loaves and two fish, knowing that they wanted to force Jesus to be their king, to give them what they wanted in their lives. He withdrew. Jesus had to point out their expectations were way off base. How about us? What are our expectations of Jesus? What are you working on? What is your next new thing? 
We don't need to wonder what the answer to life is. What it is that we should be doing to meet the requirements that God makes a difference in our world. Because Jesus tells us in verse 29, the work of God is this. Here's the answer to life. Listen, to believe in the one he has sent. Wow. That's it. To believe in the one that he has sent. And then in verse 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. You know, Jesus does not give us bread. He is bread. He said, I am the bread of life. He doesn't want to just feed you a bite here and there. Our Father in heaven gives the bread. He gives us Jesus. Jesus does not give us what we need. Jesus is what we need. Jesus is the answer to the hunger in our soul. To the restlessness, the grumpiness, the seeking and the chasing the chasing desires deep within. What's the answer? Do we even know the ultimate question? Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Let's pray. Lord, you know us better. Better than we know ourselves. Thank you for the grace and love you shower upon us. Thank you for your constant, gentle invitation to let Jesus into our lives. Forgive us for the times we have refused that invitation and those times we closed you out. Help us this day to recognize your presence in our life. Help us during this Holy Week to open ourselves to you, to let you work in us, to your greater joy. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.